0: This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at slash Cold Popshire. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cold Popshire podcast My name is AJ and I'm here as usual with Richard Hey Richard Hello And Richard, this is a momentous occasion for the show We have a new sometimes host joining the <laughs> Cult Popshire family And so can everyone who listens, please wherever you are, start clapping Give a warm welcome okay. to Emily Hello Emily Hi <laughs> <laughs> Emily uh, has been my friend for years and has been living overseas for a long time, um, which is why she probably why she hasn't been on the show yet. Yeah. Um, but she does. She did create the Cold Popster Discord for those yeah. who yeah. want to put some kind of face to the name. <laughs> Not that that's a face, but a, oh,
2: I'm I'm like a phoenix on the Discord.
0: Right, like a phoenix on the Discord, yeah. Emily IRL. Yeah. Um, so welcome to the show, Emily. Thank
2: you. That was you... grand. That yeah. was a grand entrance. Thank oh. you. <laughs> well,
0: hopefully the the rest of the podcast will be just as grand. <laughs> um, so what we're going to be doing today, guys, is I thought a fun um, sort of energetic, low stakes topic to, to um, you know, dip your toes into the water of podcasting, Emily, would be for us to do a podcast on pop cultural mysteries. Mm. I don't have a pop filter on, and I've just realised how much I'm going to be saying the word pop.
2: I'm holding the pop filter. Yeah, Emily's
1: (laughs) got my very bad pop filter that wouldn't connect to the stand. you could fold the bottom of your beard up in front of your face. This is what that sounds like. Is
0: there a noticeable difference in sound?
1: Not really. It feels gross. I did wash my beard today,
0: though, so all good um so yeah what we're going to be doing is talking about a topic that i think is really cool do you think it's really cool richard i think it's sometimes cool emily do you think mysteries are cool no, <laughs> so I was like, let's do a fun topic to, to to give Emily something easy to join the show with. And then after I sort of decided wh- how we were going to do it, Emily was like, I think mysteries are real lame. Um, <laughs> wow, but
2: people going to shit on me for that. <laughs> well, no,
0: I think from what I know of you as a person, it's more like you don't have time for the Mandela effect. You don't have time to listen to people. Be I like,
2: get it. Yeah. yeah, sure. That's a that's a concept that happens. And I
0: think when you say it's sometimes fun, Richard, you're probably the same thing right it's like you guys are both people i think who um put occam's razor at quite a high (laughs) treat occam's razor in
1: quite a high regard i think um um, i'll be honest i knew emily's stance and i (laughs) thought it'd be funny if i was in the middle okay I like mysteries. Oh, you do like Except for when they're stupid, so I guess that is sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, I've got a pretty stupid
1: one to start us off
0: with. (laughs) And Richard, I know you know about it. Emily, I don't know if you do know about it, so I'll try it on you. This is the mystery. Can you tell me, Emily, Mm -hmm. what this following exchange of dialogue is from? One character asks, what does it do? Another replies, it doesn't do anything. That's the beauty of it.
2: Uh, uh. I don't know, Star Wars, something popular. (laughs) Something popular. Pop culture.
0: Um, Um,
1: Didn't you get the quote wrong? uh, There's a few different variations of it. It sounds dumb the way you said it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, what's the what's the other? What would be you're that's the beauty of it. It doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah. So what oh. does it do? That's the beauty of it. It doesn't do anything.
2: It sounds like it or could be from right. Avengers. Oh, right. It could be from Back to the Future.
0: Back to the Future is a popular answer, but despite hundreds of people knowing this quote, and a lot of the same movies or TV shows tend to be put forward, such as Back to the Future, The Big Lebowski, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, or The Simpsons, this exact quote cannot be attributed to anything.
2: Oh, you're a bastard. <laughs> hey, that's the mystery. All
0: right, what's our second
1: mystery? Um, uh, Yeah, It's not a mystery. It's just like... Um. So
0: the quote in question, or a variation, as we just just discovered then, that flips the last two sentences, that it has been appearing on message boards since at least 2003. Um, does it sound familiar to you guys?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't heard it before. We talked about this the other week, and, and I, I didn't sound familiar to me.
0: Okay.
2: I'm pretty sure you mentioned it to me and I don't I didn't remember it just now. <laughs>
1: right. There you go.
2: Well, I
0: when when I first found I found this a couple of weeks ago, it was partially the inspiration for doing this topic. And I was like, yeah, it's I can hear I can hear mm. Doc Brown saying it. You know, mm. I can hear these characters saying it. Um so and when it was like, it's actually from nothing, I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> it's clearly from something. I can hear the characters say it. I can hear what does it do? That's the beauty of it. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> like I can hear the eccentricity of the character yeah. saying it. Um but yeah, it's it's not really, not really from anything.
2: It feels like kinda of like a, a like a variation of like a will I'm scream, mm-hmm. where like you know, it would be used as a reference to something, but yeah, as yeah. you say, it just means nothing. And that's the beauty of mysteries, right? They just mean fuck all. That's the beauty of it. They don't
0: do anything. <laughs> mean anything. <neither. laughs> um, so there are two possible origins where very similar phrases have been used, um, which would sound like just, that's the answer to the mystery, but they are both very like extraordinarily obscure. Therefore, I don't think they are from this. Um, the first was discovered around 2008, and is probably the most widely accepted. It's from a TV show called Burke's Law, which ran from 1963 to 1966. In the episode Who Killed 7-Eleven, a detective questions a murder suspect. The detective notes that the man is building a curious machine, which leads to the following exchange. I'll play it on the podcast, but I'll <laughs> tell you guys it. What is it? Well, it's my my therapy. I'm still perfecting it. What does it do? Do What's it for? Well, nothing, nothing. I mean, that's the beauty of it. No, I, every machine in the world does something but not mine. No. The man says, well, it's my therapy. I'm still perfecting it. The detective says, what does it do? The man says, do. The detective says, what's it for? The man says, well, nothing, nothing. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Every machine in the world does something, but not mine. Mm. What do you think?
1: Um, so, you know how um, Back to the Future is one of the... Um, the common kind of attributions Mm. for this uh did you know that one of the actors from burke's law was named michael fox the same michael fox that forced michael j fox to add an (laughs) initial
0: Wow! There you go. Oh my God. the mystery
2: deepens.
1: The mystery I'm is seconded. solved.
0: <laughs> I feel unwell. <laughs> um, so while this line is very similar, there are a lot of Burke's Law deniers that point out that it's far less a far less elegant of mis- version of the mystery quote.
2: My people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like, there's there's saying nothing instead of it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like removes part of the like what makes it such a recognizable exchange right mm. um and then of course there's the point that the show was obscure even when it was airing in the 60s um and how would such a specific misquote mutate into a mandala effect in the back of so many people's minds these things can happen but usually it's with something a lot more popular yeah
1: like luke i am your father
0: yeah exactly exactly which is a misquote of no i am your father mm. um the other possible origin is a 19 19- is from a 1987 play called apocalyptic butterflies which <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) sounds real dope um where an eccentric knickknack collector dumps four thousand dollars worth of totem poles on his own lawn including a truckload of painted wooden butterflies and another character voices their confusion the character says what is it he replies it's a butterfly the first character says what does it do the character replies doesn't do anything that's the beauty of it you nail him to your house your mailbox makes it distinctive Um, This quote was discovered by a Reddit user named GunBlade0, very cool, (laughs) Um, who says he found it by searching the quote on Google Books. So, like Burke's lore, Apocalyptic Butterflies is pretty obscure, probably even more so, so it also seems like an unlikely source. What do you guys think?
2: I think Apocalyptic Butterfly sounds like a Nelly Furtado fever dream.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah, maybe Nelly Furtado (laughs) made the quote.
2: Maybe
1: (laughs) yeah, it's actually like in one of her songs, but no one thought to look there. It is in a
0: Neil Sticarigia song, but he made it after because of the mystery, which is the problem. (laughs) Which is the problem with a lot of these kinds of like internet mysteries is that like someone will then make it. Like people have made Mm. College Humor made Shazam starring. Sinbad. Uh, Sinbad, you know like they oh, made yeah. a sketch yeah. th- so now it's like muddying the water yeah, even yeah. more and
1: I, I think that's one of those things where like people um like you know you might just see this quote on reddit because people are referencing this and it's like mm. it only needs a, a drop of someone saw it in the play and then quoted mm. it to their friend but couldn't remember where they where it came from and then they quoted it to 10 people and so on and so on until yeah, it became yeah. this thing that was like it's not from anything except this obscure play, but how could it possibly be from there? And once mm. it has like enough of a little following of people that can't trace back the origin of it, well, then you know, then it becomes a movement to like figure yeah, yeah. out where it comes from. Um, and mm. so, I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibility that it does come from Burke's Law yeah, yeah. or the play. Um, but yeah, it obviously uh, got a lot bigger because of the mystery around it
0: and like you might be right because fragments of the quote show up elsewhere as well and it's never perfect which i think is what's so intriguing about it is that the the version of those two lines that exchange sounds so it just sounds like exactly what it would be but there's a novel called juggler of worlds where a character responds to what does it do with it's beautiful why does it have to do anything Um, and an episode of the simpsons uh homer asked lisa how does it work of a supposed tiger repelling rock with lisa replying it doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) which i feel like is a different thing and not quite the the same origin mm. um but as the com point out none of them concisely evoke the absurdity of something's very uselessness being beautiful which is why the lines are so memorable in the first place um my yeah. thinking is it's just that it's got the genetic makeup of a movie line i yeah, think that, that's that kind of
1: thing,
0: yeah. yeah it kind of Im- and each line kind of implies the next we've all heard something a lot something like what does it do it doesn't do anything like that's that's like a funny retort to that question in in life not just in pop culture Mm -hmm. right um and that's the beauty of it is a common turn of phrase which implies that the following thing will be something subversive or unexpected such as it doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. like if you're saying that's the beauty of it you're you're about to surprise them with the last thing they'd expect right so I think it just sounds like a quote and you yeah. can kind of figure it out
2: as it goes on. Yeah,
1: I'm sure there's like dozens of things you could come up with that follow the same kind of structure Rhythm. that sound yeah, like yeah. movie lines. Yeah. It yeah. does
2: remind me of, you know, how like people do like record scratch jokes and mm. stuff like that, where it's like you can, you can really stylize a specific kind of writing like how people make fun of like if the avengers was made with emma stone in the lead and just mm. being like okay yeah, yeah. i'm here now <laughs> you yeah, know that kind it's, of it's a, humor a tweet like...
0: this week that was like um disney now own or marvel now owns alien yeah. and oh, it's it yeah, like, a- like alien remake starring emma stone chestburster has chestburster scene happens and ripley's like okay that just happened yeah yeah <laughs>
2: it's definitely like that it has that same kind of feeling where it's like, okay i know this humor it's like mm easy (laughs) it's like
1: a um it's like a weird al yankovic um style parody right Mm. like it's like it's not parodying (laughs) a specific song but like you know there's my own eyes this this foo fighters parody is one that it's like i don't because especially because i'm not like a musical person i don't understand why these things sound so specifically foo fighters but they Mm. do and it's like yeah yeah it's it's taking elements of a certain thing and mashing Mm. them together to create something new Mm. Nice. It feels familiar.
2: Well,
0: that is my first mystery. Who wants to go next? I Emily feel very next?
2: Unprepared now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh... that's okay. It's your first time. Uh... We'll go easy
0: on you. But I will be having a word to you oh, after God. the show. <laughs> no. um, what have you got for us, Emily? Uh,
2: well, I thought I'd come with the thing that got me the invite, I guess, <laughs> and it was uh, it was the drunken rant of me Mm. on your kitchen floor at your birthday party a a couple of weeks
0: ago we had a birthday party i had a birthday party (laughs) yeah you (laughs) we're not born on the same day um and emily got um accidentally i think drunker than she intended to and was on my kitchen floor yelling this very intriguing mystery that captivated the entire party Um, and when prompted for more information she just repeated what she'd already said Um, and it got to the point where people like I'm begging you to tell me more and you just started again so now sober um, tell us what this mystery is
2: god okay so it was accidental because like I I was already gonna get drunk I knew that right and then just before the kitchen story, uh, someone had given me, a like, a big glass of uh, absinthe. A glass of absinthe. <laughs> a big glass. <laughs> uh, and I decided it would be gone in two seconds. Mm. So, yeah, uh, that happened, and then I... That happened, and then... <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, and then I don't remember starting the story. I don't know how I would have segued.
0: But it's because someone mentioned David Lynch, and Ooh. you you told everyone to shut Ooh. up because you had something to say <laughs> about David. All right,
2: Lynch. well, everyone shut up. I got something to say. <laughs> uh, I I actually have to attribute this to my friend who sent me that story like that earlier that day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking like three in the morning because he's in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just I was I was as enticed by this story when I when I had it in my mind to tell everyone. Yeah. Um. Okay, let me just let me get it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, like I said, I was. Uh, I I don't even remember sitting down on the floor. I don't remember. I don't.
0: Mm.
2: It's not my fault. Okay. Well. Well.
0: <laughs> you to take some responsibility. It's not a very bad thing you did. So. I was
2: very pleased. That everyone was listening. It was very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should I just read this out? This you can
0: th- summarise it if you want. Whatever, okay. whatever you think is best.
2: Well, my friend sent me a story about David Lynch, uh, the, the
0: the acclaimed weird director yes. of Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive.
2: Just, uh, just a saint, really. Um, <laughs> and so this took place in 1981. So he was a bit younger, and I guess he was driving around, uh, and. I get, he saw in in the window of a shop somewhere five Woody Woodpecker dolls. Uh, and I like to imagine him driving around in like a big Cadillac with the top off. But <laughs> um, the top of the car, not him. Um, and then he's driving along, sees these Woody Woodpeckers, screeches on the brakes, does a U-turn, goes back and buys them all to save their lives, he says. to wow. to, to save them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he names them. And I I do remember yelling out the names quite I, a lot.
0: I do too. Yeah.
2: Do you remember the names? But this is I'll do
0: an impersonation of you telling us their names. So someone's like, wait, what do you mean? And you say, You would start the story again. And then you go, their names were Chucko,
2: Buster, Pete, Dan, and Bob. That's right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. But it's like, there's something about, because it, it, in this story, it's, like the direct quote is him going, I named them Chucko, Buster, Pete Bob and Dan. And I like to read it in that, and then like, it's almost Shakespearean how it just sort of like rolls like that. You well because the
0: first two names are quite eccentric and then the last three are very normal names. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and they were his boys. Mm. He
0: he refers to them as the boys boys. You can can find a video of him um, Promoting a race ahead The movie online Where he's he's sitting in between them all And he says, hi I'm David Lynch and these are the boys
2: (laughs) (laughs) His boys, they were his dear friends uh, And he rescued them, he saved their lives In his mind, Mm -hmm. he saved their lives And uh, yeah, actually yeah I do remember people being like, what do you mean? What do you (laughs) What do you mean he saved their start lives. The story story <laughs> And I start the story again? But I like to think that like uh he he didn't have a predisposition over the Woody Woodpecker character. Like he he had like I like to think that he didn't really care for it, didn't really think about it often. Mm, he liked
0: uh, Woody Woodpecker as much as the three of us probably yeah, exactly. liked Woody Woodpecker.
2: But he's but he saw these five Woody Woodpecker. But he saw these five Pairs of innocent eyes looking mm. at him, just saying, Please, please save us from mm. whatever hell they were in. He doesn't expand on why they were in danger. Mm. But you can make your own assumptions.
0: Um, but there is a mystery, of course, to, to the at yeah. the end of the story.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> So for a while they were like in his office. Like you said, he was like promoting stuff with them. He'd hang mm-hmm. out with the boys, just like any real friendship. I mean, it is real. <laughs> 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 David Lynch um, switches off Carl
1: Pop's <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: But he said that they started to develop certain stra- traits, like certain things started coming out about them that were not so nice. Uh, and, and the boys, uh, in my reading of, of the story, s- sort of turned on him or turned on each other. <laughs> And it was definitely like a toxic relationship happening with all these five woody woodpeckers and mm. David Lynch. Mm. Cut out that sentence however you want. I, I would love to have that immortalize that sentence, I just <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, But he says, uh, with grim finality in this interview, they are not in my life anymore."
0: So, the mystery is, what the fuck did the Woody Woodpecker dolls do to David Lynch? What what is happening? Uh, uh, (laughs) And, like, people were so confused when you got to that part. And they'd be like, wait, what did they do? And you would go, go they
2: became
0: problematic. (laughs) And we were like, what do you mean? And you'd go, David Lynch! Was driving past a store. Here we go again. <laughs> um, and we never got further. So I looked it up while you were on the floor drunk, and I was like, "Guys, I hate to tell you this, but Emily's told us all the information there is about this story." The more, the only other thing I could find is people making fun of it on Twitter that someone had written an article about that. The fact that he no longer, they were no longer in his life. Um, what do you think, Richard?
1: Uh, I mean, it's like it's one of those things. It doesn't feel like out of character for David Lynch. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's just fucking weird. He was probably just tripping, and something <laughs> happened. Um, but
2: it's crazy to me that this was before a race ahead. Like, if he was using them to promote it, and it was 1981, it would yeah. have been before before people decided they were going to give him money. To make mm. a film. <laughs> Even right. I so, think-
0: a pre famed David Lynch yeah. did something yeah. organically weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe this is just what this is why people started giving him money. Yeah. Mm.
0: True. So you you have a theory you told me a theory over the past week of uh, why you think Oh yeah. What what you think they could have possibly done. Would you like to elaborate on that?
2: Uh, yeah, well I was talking yeah, I was talking with my boyfriend about how like how on earth could these five young boys <laughs>
0: the boys uh, strapping he's strapping lads
2: <laughs> how could they do it any- like how could they uh how could they hurt him and i i we settle on the idea that like they they have uh but da- both david lynch and woody woodpecker have a, a similar trait and it's the hair mm-hmm. <laughs> or on a woody woodpecker <laughs> i guess it's the feathers it's, is it a feather or is it Oh yeah he's a woodpecker, yeah, it's feathers. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think he was a chicken for a second. <laughs> well they would still wear, they would still wear feathers. <laughs> no, but they've got the crown thingy. Right. You know, like, oh right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um Well in the case of a woodpecker. It's probably feathers. I right? think it's feathers. Yeah. But yeah, it's in the style of a David like a signature look for David Lynch's mm. hair, right? Mm-hmm. The wave on his mm. head. Um So I was thinking, what would be what would be something that would like that someone could take from you? Yeah. It would be so hurtful. And it would be something that you couldn't change about yourself. <laughs> like a Woody pick, I mean, it can't change its hair. It's never changed its hair. Mm. David Lynch doesn't have to have a wave in his hair, mm. but he does. And he could have stolen that from Chucko, Buster, Pete, Bob, and Dad. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, there's. You know, I there's grounds like there for a fight. Yeah, I like this
0: because at t- the end it turns out David Lynch yeah. is the villain. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's a more exciting turn of of events than just they turned on him it was actually like he was he was, he was the problematic the whole time yeah. and they approached him about it and he he couldn't handle it and yeah. rejected them yeah. from his life. Wow, <laughs> another mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richard, do All you right. want to? Follow up these two oh, with, uh, very valid mysteries, two both very
2: own. valid mysteries. <laughs> 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 um,
1: okay, so much like you guys, I have two, as that was uh, what we were we were asked to prepare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <Like> the gods <laughs> of podcasts, <laughs> just uh, rub
2: it in that I don't have a second one. You're right, <laughs> <laughs> much
1: like uh, Emily's, this is not mine. Uh, I'll. I'll talk through it, and then at the end, I'll I'll discuss where it came from, because that's its own can of worms. So, uh, this is the theory that uh, Diana Ross and Smokey Robinson are Michael Jackson's actual parents. So, (laughs) 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 Michael Jackson. Can you please
0: explain who those two people are? Because I'm not...
1: Okay, so obviously Michael Jackson, we all know who he is. Uh, Mm -hmm. Diana Ross is... Oh, God, what was the name of her band? The Supremes? Um,
2: Google. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh the lead singer of the supremes yeah so dineros yeah famous uh, they're all like famous people in motown um smoky robinson was from the miracles um and yeah they're, they're just very big names in the kind of world of motown um mm. which sort of really took off when the jackson five hit it big so right at the time of Michael Jackson's birth, uh, Smokey Robinson was eighteen, Dinah Ross was fourteen, uh, and so this is all. all you <sighs> know, the theory is uh, he impregnated her. So Barry Gordy, who was the creator of Motown, um, arranged to have the child given to his old boxing buddy Joe Jackson, who is the patriarch mm-hmm. of the Jackson family. Um, mm-hmm. It's. Joe had a big family. You know, obviously we've seen, so he would they' were able to kind of just like slide Michael in there, give him everything he needs. um and then also train him up to be an entertainer because, you know, presumably he's going to have the the musical genius from his two birth parents. Mm-hmm. um, and then also it's protecting the image of Diana Ross and Smokey Robinson. Um, it is proven that Diana Ross was in Gary, Indiana around this time. Um, which is Michael Jackson's birthplace. Um, and she was there a lot when he was young, including, um, being like provably at a school talent show where the Jackson five performed. Um, wow. So Diana Ross has mentioned several times in interviews. Or she's referred to Michael Jackson as her child or her baby, which is obviously, you know, could just be a term of endearment. Um, and she's also mentioned that she was in love with Smokey Robinson growing up because they lived on the same street. Um, although Smokey did have a girlfriend at the time who he later married. So, you know, kind of secrets around there. Um, um, Diana, I'm Ross,
0: refusing for, to, to believe that Smokey Robinson would betray his character.
1: Like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Diana Ross... Um, Around the time someone would have been pregnant with Michael Jackson, uh, Dina Ross changed high schools, <laughs> um, which, you know. Whoa, holy shit. Um, Hide the baby bump. Yeah. <laughs> and also um, her and Smokey Robinson both got like actual jobs. Um, they, they both like went to study certain things. I think Smokey got a job in like engineering uh, because Motown wasn't quite looking like it was going to take off and they were like, fuck, we're going to have to be parents. Um, there is a movie called Double Platinum, which stars Diana Ross, and it's about how she gave up her kid for her career and later reveals in the movie to the kid that she's uh, her mother when she sees that the kid has talent and then goes on to like foster the career of that child. Um, yeah, And then her daughter in the movie wears a dress with the same design as the shirt Michael wore at Motown 25. So it's like you are know, oh trying God. to create that parallel. Um
0: <laughs> I lo- I love this shit and Emily hates oh. this shit. It's <laughs> so great.
1: Um the Jackson's actually lived with Diana Ross for a while when Michael Jackson was about 10. Um so they and uh, he wrote about in his in his autobiography um that the two of them would hang out quite a lot just them two. Um and like Diana and, and MJ and apparently this is part of the theory is that he um found out the truth then because his whole kind of public demeanor completely changes from around this age um mm-hmm. so he becomes a lot more shy and kind of closed off um few more things uh that after michael jackson died um, Joe Jackson, who's now like he might be dead now, but he's he's reasonably senile. Um, and he would randomly defend when no one was asking the fact that Michael was his son. <laughs> He'd be like, oh Joe, and he's like, Michael's my son. And no one can say otherwise. And it's like, okay, dude, no one was asking. Um <laughs> no one was. And um and there was like um Smokey Robinson was on Larry King Live and um and said something. To similar effect, like about um, how important Michael was to him and everything like that at, at Michael's um, uh, memorial service. This first people to speak, the first person to speak is Smokey Robinson, lead uh, reading a letter from Diana Ross, who said that she couldn't be there because she was too overcome with grief. Um, and yeah, just all through his life, MJ was um, accused of like trying to look like Diana Ross, but maybe he was just exhibiting features that he actually inherited from her genetically. Wow. Um, because he doesn't actually really look like many of the other Jacksons, apart from Janet, who, and part of the theory is that she may have had plastic surgery to look more like Michael because she was the one who was most affected by living in his shadow. Wow. There is also a theory about, (laughs) (laughs) this is a very well thought out theory, um, (laughs) Yeah, like Michael, um, the only three people to have two stars um, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, other than the Beatles, are uh, Diana Ross, Michael Robinson, and Michael Jackson. Um, wow. But um, it also- That's, That proves it. Yeah, that, <laughs> that proves it. says it, it all. Um, but there's also, so there's a theory that um, Billy Jean is um, the is like the subject uh, of, uh, is, right. is about Diana Ross, sorry. Um and it's like I am the one, but the kid is not my son, and all the stuff. Yeah. And there's all these things. There's there's part of it is like oh, there's like this reference in the song, but those feel a little bit more like tenuous to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that theory. It's um, now as to where this comes from. There's a YouTube channel called An American Scheme, which is entirely devoted to laying out um, like this whole thing. Uh, let me just pull up the timeline
2: of events it
0: it takes more
1: than one video
0: huh to to (laughs) to talk about all of this
1: um so this person this channel has uh 2.3 thousand subscribers (laughs) so we will probably promote this theory more than that channel yeah um (laughs) they've got maybe like 200 videos Oh um, my god.
0: On how this much, subject. How Just much deeper this. could it go than what you've already told us?
1: And because well, cause there's a lot of it is like, um, that I didn't go into so much, but about like, um, MJ and Smokey Robinson have the exact same ears, and like, there's all these things of like, <laughs> mm. they have the same eyes as Diana Ross and not as the other mm. Jacksons and stuff like that. Um, though most of these videos have between 30 and 500 views. Um, Dude. And, I Let's mean, he, uploaded, famous. he <laughs> uploaded videos five hours, seven hours, and a day ago. Um, but Just
2: keep him busy and quarantine, <laughs> <laughs> Looking, yeah,
1: uh, looking at it, they're not all about, um, the this MJ oh. theory, um, so, uh, Some of them
0: are like my setup reveal, <laughs> face
1: reveal, <laughs> um, giveaways, Fortnite. There's one here that's um outrage that Sports Illustrated is putting a transgender in the swimsuit issue. Oh yeah. Um oh, cool. I saw that today, yeah. That's that's cool that he's that kind of person. Yeah. So um Wait. he's a flat earther. <laughs> um <laughs> ah. uh, and yeah, he's generally um Let's not promote this no, stuff. Yeah, not. No, let's let, don't, yeah, get back. Don't, don't look to the channel or anything like that. The people can look it up if they want. But um, yeah, the, I found this all on a Reddit comment, which um, you know out, outlined the whole thing, um, and it was like four pages long when I, I copy and paste it into a Google document. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. I, I mean, it's plausible. I think.
0: Mm. That's the best. The best kind of conspiracy <laughs> theories are vaguely plausible. the The best conspiracy theories always have <sighs> one, at least one point that make you go
2: oh shit
0: <laughs> yeah no they're no? so,
2: I, so I, dangerous <laughs> <laughs> they're
0: dangerous
2: is this dangerous I can't get why I, I mean why, not to get be why serious
0: the, the person is maybe dangerous yeah. but I don't know I, I went onto it, his
1: YouTube channel watched the first video and he's like and it's like an introduction to the channel and he sort of outlines like this is the channel where I will be explaining why I think Diana Ross and Smokey Robinson and Michael Jackson's uh, actual biological parents, um, and then he says something else, and he's like, uh, "Which is why I also think that the sperm donor for Paris Jackson was Macaulay Culkin." But more on that later. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's
2: what I mean is like, if as soon as you believe in one conspiracy, you're like a m- much a- much better able to yeah, yeah more fall for like something worse. Mm. Yeah, that's where it's like it's like a, it's no surprise to me that he might believe this one, which is relatively harmless, and then also be a flat earther and transphobic like transphobic and, hit, yeah yeah yeah, mm.
1: yeah but what okay. do you think of the, the actual theory
2: but the actual mystery is pretty cool well, oh was- <laughs> I think I think
0: I mean I wasn't really familiar with two of the three key important people in the story but it's I, I, I don't know there's enough there that um like I would like to think that if I were famous I would and there was a mystery about me
1: having a legitimate child.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would try and subtly point to that mystery in my art, and if I didn't have a mystery, I would make people think I did. You know, <laughs> yeah. like what the, would your Paul, be? the Paul McCartney is dead thing. Yeah, I was just about
1: to say that, that the Beatles didn't really like, you know, shy away from that so much.
0: Yeah, I right. don't think Paul McCartney died, but I think the Beatles were happy to promote that yeah. as a mystery. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, it gets people talking what about the
0: Helter Skelter
2: mystery. <laughs> the, if there was anything the Beatles
1: needed, it was publicity, mm. and
0: that's yes. what did it for them. A lot of people reckon that's what did it. For
2: they them. were quite underground.
0: <laughs> cool. Okay. No,
2: but I want to talk about like, what if it's not true, and what if Diana Ross just had his untalented child living in a different home somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> <It's really sad. laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> because it's really weird to like think that. Like okay, we have got these two people. You mean these two really talented people that they they're they're pregnant. And they just had a child. Oh my god, their offspring is going to be so talented, huh? What? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because talent is
0: hereditary.
2: Especially if we if we take them away to someone else. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like I can understand talent can be passed on to to children from parents because the parents nurture their upbringing and give them the same yeah. opportunities they had where talent isn't a genetic trait that passes on
2: even i'm I, i'm sure there is but i can't really think of like off the top of my head of like a talented famous person who has a kid who's also talented and, and like at, at the same level or Will like, smith and jade and smith don't mm, at me yeah but like but like <laughs> that's because he stayed with him it's not like yeah, jada yeah. pinkett was like really Really good at what she did. Like, I mean, she was, but like, <laughs> not Fish like, Mooney from Gotham, you know, not the same as like Will Smith. You know, it's not just because Glory of the Hippo <laughs> from <laughs> if, Madagascar. If they had taken away Jaden and just put him, uh, I don't know, with a boxing family, right? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Jackson's a boxer. Do you um, think he would still be like?
1: No. no. Yeah, yeah, I'm just <laughs> trying, trying to try look at other like um, black celebrities who were born in the same year. Um, Lenny Henry the English comedian was born on the same day as Michael Jackson. Oh, Oh, he could be son. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or imagine if it was Prince. This guy's like on the right track, but it's actually just Prince.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Classic. All right. I have got another mystery. And this one's kind of an actual mystery. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this one, this one's uh, just a straight up murder mystery oh. with a with a pop cultural twist. True
2: crime, huh? <laughs> yeah, I had to oh. slip it in there
0: somehow. Okay, so this mystery is um, affectionately referred to as the Lady of the Dunes. It has nothing to do with the upcoming Dune film. Um,
1: just Don't get me on, on Dune. It has nothing to do with the previous month, June. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> So the Lady of the Dunes is a nickname for an unidentified murdered woman discovered on July 26th, 1974 at Race Point Dunes, uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is a very fun word to say. Give it a go, guys. Provincetown, Uh, uh, Massachusetts.
2: Massachusetts. Massachusetts.
0: Massachusetts. (laughs) Massachusetts.
2: Massachusetts. Gonna, there's a hate crime happening right now. <laughs> uh
0: the remains were found by a nine year old girl walking her dog just yards away from a road and she had a and had a the, the like remains had a significant amount of insect activity. Two sets of footprints led to the body and fire tracks were found fifty yards away from the scene. Tire tracks, sorry,
1: not fire I was going
2: to say, what? Was fire tracks! <laughs> the
1: DeLorean is a time travel mystery.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> That's the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> the woman may have died two weeks before her body was found. She was face down on a on half a beach blanket. There were no signs of a struggle. Police theorised she either knew the killer or had been asleep when she died. A blue bandana and a pair of Wrangler jeans were found under her head, and she had long auburn or red hair pulled back into a ponytail and a gold flecked el- elastic elastic band. Her head was partially decapitated with a shovel. Her hand, some of or one of her hands, was missing and some of her teeth were missing the killer's effort to disguise her uh, identity suggests he knew her and that her identity could lead to him okay so that's those are the the basics of the case you can find her like the like drawing that people that like sketch artists did of her to say do you know this woman very scary police sketch uh, she's kind of looking quite content and smiling smiling in the sketch and it's a very very scary kind of i like that um, sketch
1: you're clearly reading off... Like, you didn't write this because you said yards. Yeah, yeah I did. Well,
0: actually, it said 46 metres next to it. Ah. And I didn't read that. The identity of the woman or her murderer were never discovered, though there have been a couple of suspects of note, including Whitey Bulger, played by Johnny Depp and Black Mass. Oh, That's yeah. That's where like, the pop cultural twit During fall. filming, like, Whitey Bulger, <laughs> yeah. played by Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, she was... Uh, so... J- uh, Whitey Bulger was known to remove some of his victim's teeth, uh, but no connection between the lady and Bulger has ever been established. In 2004, serial killer Haddon Clark confessed to the murder, um, saying that he had evidence that he that the police needed um, buried in his grandfather's garden. However, Clark suffered from paranoid schizophrenia and would often claim these sorts of things um when he would find out about a murder and so authorities doubt the veracity of his claims more proof i didn't write this myself and i'm just copied and pasted <laughs> so officially the case went cold in october of 1974 until 2015 oh, I, I know the pop culture <laughs> when of all people this is the this is the part where like a third i'm saying it before the second part but a third pop cultural or third <sighs> okay. element comes is introduced of all people Author, author Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King, uh, notified the um, authorities that the movie Jaws... During a Fourth of July celebration scene, a female extra fitting the exact description of the Lady of the Dunes can be briefly seen in a crowd shot. Mm-hmm. The woman resembles the police sketches and was what she was thought to have looked like, and is wearing a blue bandana and a pair of Wrangler jeans. Jaws was shot between May and October of 1974, and her body was being was discovered in July of 1974. So that it is possible. Um, principal photography was mainly in. Med Menemesha min- min- oh, min- <laughs> on Martha's Vineyard, about 100 miles or 106 kilometers I mean, so cool. south of Provincetown <laughs> where her body was found, right? Technically, the woman in the movie wasn't exactly, you wouldn't like, an extra is kind of not the right term. Um, she was probably captured in a crowd scene and probably didn't even know she was in the movie at the right. time. Um, re- and records for extras for films were relatively unreliable back then, so you can't just go back and look
1: through a list of people who yeah. were an extra
0: in Jaws right, to find him. There's no casting name. call for yeah. Okay. yeah, they, should,
1: um, go, they film- should watch on Amazon Prime because it tells you who everyone in the scene is. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> it just says Lady of the Dunes, yeah. question mark. <laughs> so, film
0: buff and Jaws podcaster Mark Ramsey who helped popularize the theory has also pointed out that everybody who was an extra or appeared in Jaws will tell you about it. It's an experience one does not forget and one easy way to identify if she's alive is for her to come forward and say, "That was me. I'm not dead." Hello?
1: I mean, she could have died anyway, like, you know. This, yeah, that's this true. Yeah. Lady.
0: Um, this may seem somewhat far fetched. It is notable that the case's lead investigator actually took note and reportedly looked into it, whatever mm. that means. So the case's lead investigator was like, this is good enough of a lead. Yeah. Um, which is what what gives it more credence than anything else, I think, for me. I've seen the the, the sketches of her and I've seen the clip from Jaws, and while she's not a very specific looking person, like yeah. It's a specific set of clothes. Wrangler jeans and a blue bandana. Um, and so it's very it's very intriguing, and I like that Stephen King's involved. It's like it could it was, it was, it was it's already cool if it's just there's a extra in Jaws who looks like a murder victim. Mm. Also, I'm bringing in this third irrelevant mm. element. The first time I saw this, the 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 title of the article was like um, Stephen King's son points out answer to age old murder mystery in Jaws film, and I was like, this what? is
2: <laughs> what a,
0: what an article yeah. what a headline that is. <laughs> <laughs> um what do you guys think
2: uh uh it's pretty sad yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: way to bring down I the like... podcast aj yeah <laughs> well
2: that's kind of why i don't like the true crime yeah <laughs> too sad it is too sad no, okay. well, i don't know it's scary
0: mm. it is scary the the pic- i had to stop researching it yeah. because i kept seeing that damn police sketch yeah. and i was like it's really a scary looking picture
1: um but what do you think richard um I reckon he did it. Who? <laughs> Joe <laughs> Hill. <laughs> <laughs> it was just,
2: he came forward because of the guilt. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's my second mystery. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I think it's quite interesting. Um, and the fact that there's like visual, yeah. not proof, but aid is kind of the most intriguing thing about it. So if you look up Lady of the Junes Jaws, You'll find all the information you need. I encourage you to look at the clip. Tell me for yourself if you think who killed it is her. Indeed. Yeah, it was Jaws.
2: Please leave a comment if you killed her. Thanks very much. <laughs> it was the shark.
0: <laughs> Emily, do you you kind of said you had half a, half a mystery <laughs> that you had another David Lynch related. It one. was
2: a David Lynch one, but uh, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have time <laughs> to rewatch a short film that he made but i'll i guess i'll try and 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 just bring it out of the depths of my mind but um
0: these are the best kinds of mysteries like the reason (laughs) the podcast my favorite murder was so popular is because the the ladies (laughs) in that didn't really research half the stuff they're talking about and often accidental embellishment is more interesting than actual (laughs) founded research
2: (laughs) Well, I couldn't. I didn't have time to rewatch it because it was like twenty minutes. and It takes me like ten minutes to get here, so. I was... mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but I watched. Uh, what did Jack do instead? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. This one is about David. It's called David Lynch makes quinoa or quinoa with David Lynch, something like mm-hmm. that. And the first bit of it is is quite literally that. It's it's David Lynch making quinoa in his kitchen, giving you a full rundown of the recipe, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. It, I thought it was funny because, like, you know, you get like you go in with types and everybody like making superfoods, and then also in that same category is David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: David Lynch needs a goop equivalent. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> he does. He's got transcendental mentions. You just put this egg in your vagina. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Make it dreamy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the first half is that, right? And then because making quinoa, you've got to boil some water. Um, so he leaves it to boil and he's like, come outside with me. <laughs> and He comes, he goes outside and has a smoke and starts retelling the story of the time he was, he was at a train station in like some Eastern European country somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he was talking, well, he, he just roamed around this train station. I don't know if he missed his train or whatever, but he saw a stall selling things. Um, Oh God. And he, it was like, I think they were selling something to do with bottle caps. Basically, he's trying to buy something with bottle caps, and or he's he's buying something and then getting like a shit ton of money mm-hmm. from just one bottle cap, or right. maybe it's the other way around. And then you just keep going. And then you like stopped in fear of like, I, like my assumption is like he stopped giving them. He stopped taking this. Oh God, I'm so bad at this <laughs> because <laughs> like it's just so weird that. He stopped doing something that was getting him lots of money and or bottle caps, which I can't remember, because out of fear of, like, maybe there'll be consequences for taking this much from, like, a peddler in a train station. Yeah. Anyway, then he goes back to cooking the quinoa. And it's really good. Has vegetable boiling in it. And yeah, he's really he enjoys it. He has a good time.
0: <laughs> so the mystery being what stopped him from so- selling or buying bottle caps. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, the mystery is more so: is that real? Like, did he go to a train station in the, in in Eastern Europe and haggle with a poor peddler, mm. <laughs> and then feel guilty about taking all their stuff? Right. Or was he just trying to bide the time while his quinoa boiled?
0: There you go. That is half a mystery. You're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was underprepared. It's all good. We just want to have you here for but, your oh, bright, sunny disposition you. and your your fun my personality. Love for David
2: Lynch. <laughs> because part of my obsession with David Lynch is that I kind of don't want to know the answer. I kind of would yeah. rather he just go about his day, just continuing to make me confused. Well,
0: that's his brand. That's as yeah. that his fiction does that as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's
2: why I watched What Did Jack Do before coming here because I was like, you know what, I need a little I need to dip my toes a little bit into this like bit of lynch. This this dreamy lynch, you know. I just need a bit of that. And what did Jack Do is a great If you have breakfast while to-
0: watching David Lynch, is it called Brunch?
2: Uh it's called I'm gonna pretend to be Monica Bellucci and, and you're David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's another mystery, I guess. <laughs> is
0: he married to Monica Bellucci?
2: No, 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 no. They uh, just banging. No, not I think it's in Twin Peaks, season three. All oh, right. Yeah. But he has a dream about being at brunch with Monica. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Sweet, Richard, take us home, buddy. All right. So here's a conspiracy theory that I'm quite involved in. Well, I'm not like involved. I'm quite, you know, and in- interested in myself. I personally invested in. Um,
2: AJ's phone just talked. Sorry. <laughs> Turn it and, off. And, and recorded,
0: and recorded me saying, um, Take us home, buddy, but it heard <laughs> it as Take a sign, buddy. <laughs>
2: it just started a countdown. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay, so have you guys heard of the filmmakers Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer? They made the scary movie movies. Mm-hmm. Well, No. Um no. <laughs> <laughs> So um you remember when um Date Movie and all and um Epic Movie Meet the Spartans, all those came out, they were all credited as by two of the six writers of Scary Movie. These mm. are the two of the six. Um uh. so they made um their whole filmography is um, date movie, epic movie, meet the Spartans, right. disaster movie, the worst film I've ever seen. Uh, vampires, <laughs> Psych, the Starving Games, best night ever, and Super Fast. So they're obviously known <laughs> for, um, these great titles, <laughs> these horrible movies, <laughs> dooming dooming the parody genre. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: and so I mean, their total um rotten tomatoes score adds up to. 15 if you add all of their films together um 16 actually sorry um so that's across like seven or eight films um (laughs) but um i think these two directors do not exist (laughs) (laughs) so is this this is a a richard original mystery Um, i saw hints of it elsewhere but i've done some of my own research so um, nice. <laughs> should have opened with
2: this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I,
1: I kind of, I wanted, I, I'm still in the process of trying to like actually get to the bottom of this, um, mm. because I was going to do like a massive video expose about it, uh, and maybe I still mm. will. So this this could be, you know, <laughs> my case. um my award winning documentary, um, and this is the the little seed of it you're hearing here first. Yeah. Um, so you can count on one hand the how many pictures of these two exist um there's one that's used as them like looking at a monitor and i managed to find a couple others of like posing with cast of course there's no way to verify that two men in a picture are actually the people they say that you know so that's like you know just publicity shoots to so they have something to to show um and then furthermore than that you can count on one finger the amount of interviews they've ever done, because it's one. Um, It was done by a guy called Matt Patches for uh, Grantland. And it was done on the phone. The the interview goes into, the article goes into the fact that, like, they don't really do interviews. I reached out to Matt Patches um, and tried to get in contact with him to talk to him about that experience. Um, And he said, essentially, I don't have, time at the moment but anything i would say is already in that article so i was stonewalled i was Mm. blocked from finding out the truth
0: you just had to keep digging yeah he's dead now i I did (laughs) keep digging
1: because um i reached out to a few a few actors who appeared in the films one of which actually agreed to do an interview for this podcast uh and then stopped replying to us um (laughs) Presumably because he too was he's, murdered.
2: He's dead. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> use the him, same
1: DOP for um, for like every movie. A guy called Sean Mora, who I just found out is going to be shooting Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, <laughs> uh, he, um, I, I reached out to him as well, and I said, "Hey, is this Sean Mora the cinematographer?" He replied, and then I asked him about it, and he stonewalled me again. <gasps> um, so it's, it's it's there's obviously some kind of cover-up going on um <laughs> now the supplementary theory to this is that uh they're actually a cover for the direct the academy award-winning director steven Soderbergh. um mm. now um one of the kind of very surface level um kind of things of this is that uh Aaron Seltzer. Seltzer water is soda water. Soda Friedberg. Soderberg. Steven Soderberg. Um, (laughs) And so um, Steven Soderberg's known for shooting his movies very quickly and very cheaply. um, And that's like kind of why he can churn out so much. um, Because studios trust him, essentially. But he's also known for using pseudonyms a lot. He often will edit and shoot his films... Uh, like you know uh, D.O.P. his films and use other names so he, he he has like names that he goes by for his editor and his producer but it's all him um, so mm-hmm. it's not you know unheard of for him to do this um, he's he often self-funds his movies as well um, like he made things like Unsane and High Flying Bird which are like to be fair a reasonably low budget and they're shot on an iPhone um, but yeah, it's like he he's use he's doing these kind of big shitty movies to fund those smaller projects that are his. Um apparently it's it's un it's an unverified quote, but apparently um Freeberg and Seltzer mentioned having a Liberace script written and then um Steven Soderbergh did a, a Liberace movie. Um but I mean obviously like they don't really do interviews, so I don't know where that quote would have come from. Um but the uh, the Liberace movie that um, Steven Soderbergh did make uh, was his last film before retirement, uh, which was at the same time that Freeberg and Seltzer stopped making movies. Um, Soderbergh has since come out of retirement. He, he was he just took took a hiatus for like two years, which is like <laughs> a lot less of a gap than most directors take. But yeah, that's kind of Spooky. my theory. Um, I do like. Steven Soderbergh's hard person to get a hold of he he also he publishes his <laughs> list of everything he's watched every year um and I could not find any of Freeberg and Seltzer's movies on the list um but whereas like in the year he makes like High Flying Bird it'll have him like he's watched it like six times kind of thing um mm-hmm. and so you know maybe he's he would obviously probably be hiding that so people don't find the truth um but I mean even just I would love to know what he thinks of this theory Mm. What so do you, do you think, think
2: secretly he's watched the disaster movie six times a <laughs> <Yeah>. year? <laughs> that's brave. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's rough. Um, I think you might be onto something, Richard. But I'm also, as we've established, <laughs> very susceptible. <to> yeah. things.
2: <laughs> so it's kind of like a Trumbo situation, except there's no there's no real threat on his life or his livelihood. What he's is just
0: tr- doing- Trumbo? What do you mean?
2: Uh, the writer in Hollywood that Dalton Trumbo, black, yeah, Dalton Trumbo, who's like blacklisted um, for being a communist. Mm. Um, there's a movie about the, it
1: starring Brian Cranston. I know Dalton there's
0: Trumbo. a movie about yeah, it.
2: I'm, it. I'm it's asking what
1: the, specifically.
2: Oh, he's blacklisted because he was a communist, which is not a crime, but anyway, <laughs> he's blacklisted in, in Hollywood. Um, and so he would, he would but he's a really talented writer and he would write uh, scripts and send them off to other writers so they would be credited for it. Right. But his like his voice was still seen in Hollywood, just not his name. Yeah, he Um, he
1: he won um uh he won an Academy Award while using a pseudonym, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah. He he wrote uh The Roman holiday that got a Oscar and then but it was accredited to his friend. Hmm. Well you know, all his friends that went on it were just like Yep, I wrote it (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) But in that situation, it's like... E-. This is like a stupid version Yes, Yeah, this is a stupid yeah. version. This is not out of threat of death. This is <laughs> yeah. out of
0: threat of everyone knowing yeah. Steven Soderbergh has a a shit sense of humour. <laughs> yeah. A shit, absolutely <laughs> abhorrent sense of humour. Yeah. Like, those movies aren't even, like, ironically funny yeah. or, like, like, funny if you have got a lowbrow sense of humour. Yeah. They are just childish movies.
2: Yeah, I saw my friend talking about, like... Uh, uh, her, his roommate was watching one of them, and he was like, and if that's any indication of what kind of person my roommate is, well, <laughs> you're lucky you don't live here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, there you go. Well, Richard, I think we should do more digging into this. We should definitely make this our cult pop show, um, Ben Hur, <laughs> and just keep keep trying to get to the bottom of this mystery, and people have heard it here first. so If they have any ideas...
1: Yeah, if anyone knows either Freeberg and Seltzer or Steven Soderberg, help us get in contact with
0: them. <laughs> and if you want to steal the idea, there's not a lot we could do at this point to stop <laughs> Aye, you from doing it. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Except for show them this podcast and be like, well, we did it first. Yeah. Look at the date. But then Look I'm sure the people could
1: prove that they had the idea first as well. Because, as I said, it's not a completely original idea. I've just done some of my own digging.
2: Um. <laughs> I do like the name change. I think, like, the name... The, the most surface-level part is, yeah, like, the I most like, intriguing I like bit. like puzzle. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Well, that is about it for this episode. Cool. Thank you for
1: coming on, Emily. I'm sure...
2: Thank did you. you have a good time? I did, actually, yeah. Do you like mysteries now? Uh,
0: yeah, all right. Thank you for having me. That's <laughs> the real mystery.
1: The mystery of why Emily doesn't like mysteries has been solved. Oh, oh. Because now she does.
0: <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you liked this, then please be sure to like and subscribe on Facebook. You can't subscribe on Facebook. You can follow, though. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. We have the two YouTube accounts now: one for the podcast and one for our videos. So if we ever make a Friedberg and Seltzer video, it will be on the other channel that you're not listening to this podcast on. If you're listening to it on YouTube, um, we also have the Discord that Emily um, helps yeah. set up and has mysteriously,
2: yeah.
0: Speaking of mysteries, <laughs> vanished minus. from. In, in recent I'm still months. watching.
2: Don't think I'm not watching. Okay, well. but yeah, you know. haven't
0: responded to me tagging you and things. yeah Yeah, i know (laughs) there's no mystery there um and yeah so we're also um on uh instagram twitter you can email us at cop gmail.com tell us your favorite pop cultural mystery and or conspiracy i'll say it there are some conspiracies in this episode yeah
1: do you guys have any other any other quick ones
0: oh um does Lord Farquaad get a boner? in Shrek has always, <laughs> yeah,
1: has always fascinated me. How could he not? Me. My favorite. Huh? How could
2: he not with that mirror? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: my two favorite ones are that Stevie Wonder is not blind, and there's a there's a whole bunch of Stevie Wonder truthers out there, um, most of which like centers around the fact that he catches the microphone that Paul, McCart- oh, I think it's Paul McCartney, I Paul like knocks over, and he like catches the stand. Um, <laughs> But it kind of looks like he's just moving his arm And it lands there anyway And not pop culture related But my favourite conspiracy theory of all time Is that JFK's head just did that <laughs> Well thank you so much
0: everybody for listening And we'll see you next time Be sure to stay tuned for the post credit scene With Richard and I after this episode Which we need to record Richard So you'll be hearing it fresh off the presses <laughs> After this one Alright thank you everybody Bye, Bye. Welcome oh. along to the post-credit scene of another the episode. fine
1: episode of the Cult podcast. And that means that's mm. fine as in barely passable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, yeah.
1: thank you to our new member of the family. That's right. This post-credit scene, I we know what episode it's going on.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you to Emily for being on that episode with us. Um, she's not here right now because we are recording this a day after um thank you emily so this this is our post-credit scene where every every week we go to the patreon patreon.com slash cold uh where for five dollars or more per month donation you get to give us something to discuss in the post-credit scene at the end of each episode we'll give you a shout out we'll answer your question we'll play your game we'll we'll play your game (laughs)
2: but
0: no but no tricks um so today's post credit scene comes from matthew Vos, who asks us what is the most claustrophobic scene ever claustrophobic do you have claustrophobia
1: richard what i'm glad you asked um i like i i have a a, like mild claustrophobia but it's from like i really i like to fidget a lot and so being like restrained in any way is uncomfortable for me kind of thing so like like airplanes and stuff but it's more like i just get antsy because i want to move around um Mm. but i was um jess and i went on holiday recently um and we stayed in like one of those tiny houses and um Mm -hmm. so like down it had like a sort of downstairs but then it had like a little loft upstairs which was just a platform that had a bed on it and like an a-frame above that and um and uh when we got there I, i looked at it i was like I, f- I feel like i might not be all right sleeping up there and i went up and lay in the bed and i was like this is terrifying i actually don't think i can't sleep in here um wow. because like to me it felt like i was like sleeping in a coffin because like it was, so the the roof was like slanted so like right above you it was you know like a, a meter or so above your head but uh or like like in the middle of the bed but like right above you it's, it's kind of right there because as it slants up um and yeah, like, it wasn't enough to be able to, like, sit up or anything like that. If you wanted to, like, get out, you kind of had to, like, um, you know, like, shuffle your body lying down uh, over to the, to the ladder. And, yeah, I ended up sleeping. I took all the um, all the cushions and all the spare cushions and pillows and made myself a little bed on the floor in the end because I actually just couldn't sleep up there. Wow. Um, but... The thing is, that evoked a, a sense of sleeping in a coffin for me, and a movie, that's, it's not just one scene, it's a movie, uh, Buried, with Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. it's a very claustrophobic film. The entire film takes place inside the coffin, so if you haven't seen it, it's it's essentially this guy, played by Ryan Reynolds, wakes up, uh, and he's been buried alive in a coffin, and he has roughly one film length's worth of air left. Mm-hmm. Um and it's his like yeah he's got a phone on him and he's um trying to trying to get out and it's um it's one of those movies i really 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 liked in my last couple of years of high school uh and then i lent our friend david Karios the dvd of it and i never got it back um and yeah i'm watching a long time but it is a good movie it's um surprisingly I... easy watch for a film that takes place entirely in a coffin
0: I've never seen it, but I've always heard it it takes place entirely in a coffin, and I cannot fathom how that makes for an interesting film. Like there's there's no scenes set outside the coffin. It doesn't do flashbacks or anything.
1: No, nothing at all. There's um you see a very poorly shot video on his phone, but it's like filming his phone, and the shot on the phone is the only shot which originates outside of the coffin, you know? Um That's so it's strange that's things to they me. built like a bunch of different coffins with like having each wall missing and um yeah, it's it's a it's a very well-made film and it, it manages to keep it um quite interesting. If you do watch the trailer though, the trailer makes it look a lot more dramatic than it is because he like, there's a bit where he calls someone, they're like, all right, Paul. And he goes, how did you know my name? And then it's like buried. And then, but in the movie, she just goes, oh, like, cause he calls someone, they go, all right, Paul. Yeah, we'll just pop you on hold. And then someone talks and goes, hi, Paul. And he's like, how did you know my name? she's like, oh, I just got told by, the person you spoke to before me, <laughs> right? And I'll need to check it
0: out. Um all it's right, a good movie. So there's the the most claustrophobic scene. I've I've got I've got claustrophobia, but I can't quite think of a scene off the top of my head that I would call claustrophobic. I certainly don't um, like it in movies when someone is like trapped in a flooding room or anything like that. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. I I got trapped in an elevator yeah. when I was ten years old, um, and that sort of stays with me. It stayed with me for a long time afterwards. Right. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't like, because I, I don't like planes either. And I don't like not being able to move out of something. Like, Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash
1: achieve today.
0: Mm. I, I I I love I, I don't love it, but I, <laughs> I relish the autonomy of being able to remove myself from a situation that I feel is dangerous. You know? Whereas you right. can't do that on a plane or if you're trapped somewhere.
1: Mm. Another claustrophobic scene, the boo box from Hook. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Let's get a boot pirate movie. played
1: by Glenn Close gets chucked in a um, <laughs> fucking, like, um, chest and a scorpion <laughs> dropped in. <laughs> Terrifying.
2: Hold up.